Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Church. My name is Chris Britton, the missions director here. We're so glad that you decided to worship with us this morning. At First Church, we're all about living in community with one another, and sometimes that can be really tough in a church this big. So what we've done is we've split our worship spaces into sections. Your section is the people you're sitting around, and you have a section leader. At the end of the service, your section leader will be standing at the back of your section wearing a lanyard. If you're new here, they've got a card for you to fill out and a gift to give you. Now, if you've been here a while, they can connect you to all the growth opportunities that we have going on. In February, we have an opportunity for you to be baptized at whichever service you attend. I recently had the privilege of baptizing someone. It was a friend of mine who I met through one of our outreach ministries. It was so cool to help him take that next step in his faith and publicly declare that Jesus is a Savior. If you're feeling God nudge you and you want to be baptized, go to myfirstchurch.com backslash baptism. If it's your first time here and you've brought children with you this morning, it's time to get them checked into Kids Zone. Kids Zone is a place where your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and interactive atmosphere while you're here worshiping with us. There's a Kids Zone check-in station with someone waiting to greet you in the lobby right now. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning and we'll see you next Sunday. Good morning, how are we doing? It's good to be gathered as the church. My name is Dan, and uh, I head up the young adult ministry as well as do some of the music here. So if you're in or near your 20s, as we like to say, uh, I'd love to introduce you to some of the, the young adult crew and uh, get you plugged in that way. Uh, I do want to say thank you. Uh, last, well, this past Friday, uh, I had a CD release concert down at the livery. Saw many of you. Thank you so much. Uh, for being part of that, just released a CD called The Table. Thank you. And uh, many of you are a part of making that happen, so I want to give a huge thank you. And we'll have a link uh, at some point, either on Facebook or the, the website, where you can uh, get a hold of that. So. Well, we're going to start our morning off by worshiping God through song. So I want to invite you to stand as you're able. And let's just use these words as a way to focus our hearts and our minds on Christ. Turn my eyes Turn my eyes to see you, Jesus, in all your glory. Turn my eyes, tune my heart to sing in wonder of how you love me. Tune my heart, oh, oh my God, forever. sound of your name, Jesus, there is none more beautiful than Jesus, there is none more powerful, risen Christ, lifted high, Jesus now be glorified, center my life on your name, center my life. From searching for lesser glory, turn my eyes, teach my heart with all your wisdom to live for heaven. Teach my heart, oh, oh my God, forever you reign here and now. Hear the sound of your name. Jesus, Jesus, 
Forever you reign here and now. Hear the sound of your name, Jesus. There is none more beautiful than Jesus. There is none more powerful. The risen Christ lifted high. Jesus, now be glorified. The risen Christ lifted high. Jesus, now be glorified. Jesus, there is none more beautiful than Jesus. There is none more powerful. Risen Christ lifted high. Jesus, now be glorified. Risen Christ lifted high. Listen to these words from Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for, this, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor all else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we sing these words, just let that truth soak in that nothing can separate us from the love of God. There is not a man or a beast, nothing on the land or underneath, oh, nothing come between the love you have for me I could leave my head in Sheol I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep oh but there is not a place I could escape you your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. There is not an angel of the stars. There is not a devil in the dark. Oh, nothing that could change the way you are, the love you have for me. I could lay my head. I could lay my head in Sheol. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. 
hope, but there is not a place I could escape you. Let's sing together. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. I could lay my head. And I could lay my head in Sheol. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. Oh, but there is not a place I could escape you. And I could leave my head in Sheol. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. Oh, but there is not a place I could escape you. Your heart won't stop. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. Your heart won't stop. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. ask that you would help us to understand your love better. Help us to sense your love uh, in our lives in a very real way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you can have a seat. Uh, if our ushers could uh, come forward and prepare to take the offering. Um, real quick, I don't know if you've heard the great news, but we have joined the 21st century, and First Church now has an app. Uh, with some pretty amazing features, one of those features being that you can give directly from the app. But on top of that, uh, you can also um, watch like sermons when you're not available. Uh, you can actually, uh, there's, there's a link to the Bible so you can follow along with the sermon. Uh, so if you haven't done that, go to your, either like the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store and uh, download that app now. It's pretty cool. Um, as we prepare to take the offering, I, I have a really unique perspective uh, being the missions director here. Um, I get to see kind of all the really exciting things that we get to do outside the walls of the church. I oversee our international missions budget. I oversee uh, our local missions as well. And I got to tell you guys, uh, First Church does some really cool stuff. We are, uh, right now we're serving 50 families through our community food network. Uh, these families come together that they would normally be going to a food pantry uh, to get their food, but now they actually have a place in the community that they can come twice a month and gather and uh, to meet their food needs in a dignified way. And I got to tell you, when I go to those meetings, man, it's like church is happening. We've got people, uh, people singing worship songs, reading scripture, and encouraging one another. And this is just one of the many great ministries uh, that we're able to do at First Church through your giving. So for those of you who give, thank you so much for allowing us to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and when you give, you are getting to participate in all these awesome ministries that we do. Uh, so let us pray and uh, bless the offering. God, we thank you so much uh, for your love for us. We thank you that um, your heart never stops coming after us. We thank you, God, that, that you care about those who are the 1% in America, and God, that you care about those um, who are the 0% of America, the people who are kind of pushed off to the side and uh, maybe don't have any voices or are struggling, God. We thank you that you care for all of us no matter what... Um, what our position is in our economy, God. We thank you that you're above all of that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, bless these tithes and offerings, that you would take them, multiply them, and continue to spread uh, the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, thank you, Chris. I want to give a shout-out to our internet campus. We're really excited about um, 
the folks that are joining us by the internet. And if you ever find yourself the occasion where you can't uh, be in church or you're out of town or whatever, uh, you can go to myfirstchurch.com at 11 o'clock and you can log in. We've got uh, uh, some cool features to that where you can uh, be a part of a chat during the... Actually, you can chat during the sermon. So we actually encourage that when you're online. Uh, but really, we also want to use it... If you've got somebody that maybe is far from God and they might not... Uh, by an invitation want to maybe come into this space initially but you could say hey well why don't you check it out um, online and then maybe we could talk again and see what you thought about it and uh, so that'd be a great way for you to encourage maybe somebody that uh, you just see could really benefit from a personal relationship with Christ and that'd be a good way to introduce them just encourage them to get online and and, uh, and check it out that way well take your Bible if you would we're in the middle of this series uh, called downpour we're really excited about it God's been leading us doing some cool things uh, series where so Romans chapter 8 you take up your Bible uh, uh, and so and we're in the, in the middle of this series, and I just want to give you a, little, a couple little add-ons uh, that, that re- reflect some things going on in this series. One, uh, we just really have been enjoying what God's been up to uh, in this series, through this series, in many of your lives. And it's been cool to talk to some of you and hear what God's kind of up to as we think about renewal and revival and really seeking after God and what that looks like. And so we've decided, we've been talking about it and praying about it. And so we've, been decide, we've decided that we're going to kind of push back the, what we're going to do next for a few weeks and just devote a few more weeks to this series because we were just about, last week was going to be the last week, but we're going to kind of push that back and uh, um, I won't take a vote or a show of hands, how many people that's, you're okay with that, but we're going we're gonna to do that and so we're, we're excited as we just continue to, to seek after the Lord on this subject. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to make you aware of is, again, just kind of really understanding and realizing that... Uh, you know, God is, is doing some cool things, but we want to just continue to seek Him and to, to look for Him. And, uh, and so uh, on Wednesday night, starting uh, February the 3rd, uh, so the first February or first Sunday in, or Wednesday night in February, uh, we're going to meet on the other end of the building in the, uh, in the sanctuary from 6 to like 6.15 or so. And we're just going to pray together, seek the Lord together and worship. And so worship kind of prayer time uh, before other classes because there's a lot of classes and other things going on and there's stuff for youth and stuff for children on Wednesday night. But uh, we just want to invite all of you. We're inviting all three of our campuses uh, to come together. So again, Wednesday night. Uh, February 3rd, the first one, and we're just going to call it downpour as we're just seeking after the Lord uh, during that time, so I encourage you to come out for that. Well, let me just kind of give us a little overview so we, maybe you're here for the first time, we want to, you're glad that you're here, and so kind of here's where we've been, as we've been uh, seeking in this this season of downpour, and we've been using the uh, a definition of that seeking, that revival, that renewal that Tim Keller and, uh, had given us, but I kind of modified it a little bit. And here's the definition that we've been working with. As revival or renewal is this, a supernatural intensification of the ordinary work of the Holy Spirit. And that, of course, brings up the question, well, what is? And we talked about this last week, just kind of summarizing. So what is the ordinary work of the Holy Spirit? And so I'm so glad you asked, and so I'll throw that up on the screen as well. And so the ordinary work of the Holy Spirit is the work of convicting, uh, compelling, of sanctifying, and assuring. And last week we talked about convicting, and we, we talked about you know, what that looks like, that that's that uh, convicting of sin, if we were to sin in our lives, and that just uh, the Holy Spirit just kind of helping us recognize that. Uh, and then can, the confession and repentance that comes uh, with that. And I told the story, I just want to uh, kind of, uh, again, summarize where we're at. Told the story of um, uh, my son, Jacob, who uh, has been doing CrossFit and working out. And, and he was watching a video, but it wasn't loading up just right. And so he was kind of complaining about that. So I called the, uh, the company. And so they come out to work on the internet connection during the Packer game last weekend of all times. Uh, and so as they're, they're kind of working on it, and it took them like two and a half, three hours, and the guy finally comes in, and, and he asks the question, or asking him the question, so what was actually wrong? And he said, well, the connection between your house uh, goes through a tree out in your front yard, and then across the other side of the road. That connection was bad because the squirrels had gotten on the line and had chewed up the line, and moisture had gotten in there, and uh, so anyway, and so uh, I just want to show you this because someone from the Stevensville campus had got online later and had watched the sermon from, from here at St. Joe last week, and he sent me this picture, which I thought was really cool. Um, so here's sin uh, just laying on the connection between you and God, just ready to, to chew a hole in your connection. So this is what sin does. So we need to get rid of the squirrels in our lives. It's kind of the, the big message of, of that. So I decided to show that with you. 
to you because I thought it was so cool. Um, I printed it off and it's in my office now. Uh, but anyway, so, so that's conviction. And then that compelling work that we talked about, of just the, the drawing of, of, of God drawing us in and helping us recognize of just the beauty of what it would look like to have, be in a relationship with Christ and that drawing that we uh, sense as the Spirit works in our lives. And so again, that's the ordinary work of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to uh, kind of complete that by looking at the last two, the final two, uh, results of the downpour, the, the ordinary work of the, the Spirit alive in us, and that's the sanctifying work and the assuring work. And we'll talk about what that, that means. And to do that, again, if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 8, uh, theologians, some have called this the most important chapter in all of Scripture. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 starts out this way as we think about this idea that when we'll see it in this passage, this sanctifying and the compelling, we'll see it, or assuring, we'll see it in both, uh, both of those in this passage. He starts out in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And what an awesome place to start. Therefore, he says, anytime you see the word therefore in Scripture, you need to see what it's there for. And so what's he been talking about? Because whatever he's been talking about, now he puts this kind of exclamation point. Therefore, here's what he says. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So for the, and he's been talking about, he's been talking about repentance. He's been talking about faith in Christ. He's been talking about these things. And if you have put your faith in Christ, if you have repented of your sins, if, you, if, you, if that's you and if that's your story, then the message for you is our sins, we will, the sin that we've all committed, you will not, you will not be condemned for those, sin, those sins. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So whatever your past is, whatever has gone on before, uh, before Christ, there is now no condemnation for us in Christ. That's awesome. That's great news. And that's the, that's the exclamation point of what he's been saying for the last seven chapters. In the last seven chapters, he's been talking about, uh, he's been talking about the gospel, basically, is what Paul's been doing. And he, he began by telling us, you know what, uh, it, you can't be good enough. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew and you've grown up and you've, you're, kinda, you, you're, in, you're part of God's kind of chosen people. You know what, that, that's not going to get you to heaven. That's not going to be good enough. It, you, you can't be, uh, by, by keeping the law, by being religious, by being born in the right family, you can never, you can never be good enough. You'll never be saved by that. You'll never be saved by keeping the law, he said. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, you're Gentile, who you are. None of us can be saved by keeping the law, by being good. And so he's been talking about that. He's been talking about that we all have this problem. We've got this sin problem. And then, uh, again, what Paul's been kind of talking about, that he gives this exclamation point of the therefore, what he's been talking about is that, that, that there is a solution, though. There's a solution to this sin problem that is universal. And he says the solution, the remedy is Jesus Christ. And so now here's the exclamation point, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We will not be condemned. In my, I have a study Bible and I have an ESV study Bible, and so I, at the bottom, so you can kind of, you can read the passage and kind of look at the bottom and see what it says about that passage, if it's kind of confusing or whatever, or you kind of want to read more. And so I read, and I just want to share with you exactly what my ESV study Bible, what it says, and I thought it was so cool, I want to share it with you. It says this about verse 1 of chapter 8, a new era of redemptive history has been inaugurated in Christ Jesus. That is so cool. A new era of redemptive history has been inaugurated by Christ Jesus. Therefore, he says, no condemnation. We go on in verse 2. He says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And here's more good news. It just keeps rolling from his pen for what Christ has, has, has done. He set us free from law-keeping. Because you can't be good enough. You can't, keep enough, you can't keep the law perfectly. Because the only way that you can be saved by the law is if you keep it at every single point. Because the scripture tells us if you break the law at one point, you're guilty at all of it. Because when you break the law once, then you've earned the penalty of death. You can't pay that. Well, you can pay it yourself, but you really don't want to. And so that's what Jesus did for us on the cross because he never sinned. And so he could pay that debt for us. And so that's what he's talking about. So... Uh, so Christ has set us free from the old law system of, of trying to live perfect and trying to be religious. And so the era of 
just, just work harder, just live harder, just, just, just try harder to be good, that era is gone, and so we have been set free from that. We've been set free from the idea that you have to live perfectly good, that system of, of trying to live perfectly so we could escape the penalty of death from the law. And so how did that happen? He says, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, verse 3. So God did for us what we couldn't do on our own. He sent his son to accomplish something that on our own, by being good enough and by keeping the law, by doing good things that we could never again do on our own. Religion can't, can't save us, he says, but here's how, and here it is in the, in the next part of that, verse 3, by sending his own son. Here's how he did it. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin, your sin, in the flesh, my sin, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. God didn't look the other way when it came to sin. Christ dealt with sin when Christ paid for it for us. And this is the ultimate plot twist. This is how many how many um, Star Wars fans? Got any Star Wars fans? Like old school Star Wars fans? Like you were a fan back in the seventies with me. When I was a kid and you saw it for the first time, then it was 1983 that you saw The Empire Strikes Back. Anybody see it? Back in, anybody alive back in 1983 in this room besides me? Okay, so in 1983, uh, uh, there was the, 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 the plot twist. I mean, did anybody see it coming that Luke Skywalker was the son of Darth Vader? Did anybody see that coming? I mean, the ultimate plot twist in a movie, and this is a plot twist that, that everybody thought that, 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 that getting connected with God and going to heaven was all about being religious and keeping all these laws, and it was this political thing and, and all of that, and it's about this, this one chosen nation, the, the Jewish people, and how and they're, they're representing, and it's all that, that kind of stuff. And, and then Jesus comes, and he says, no, that, that Jewish nation, they were the ones that were going to take that message to the world. That's why I was bringing them together, so they can be my messenger. Messengers across the world. It's not about some religion. It's not about, it's not about keeping the law. It's not about trying to be good. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ is the remedy. I sent him to do what the law could not do, is what he's saying. And then that first century, it was a plot twist. They didn't see it coming. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it in the first century. And we still don't get it today in many cases. People still, and you know them, and I know them, and, and we interact with them, and they still think that, that when they're going to stand before God or some semblance of God or whatever they kind of think, whatever kind of is the kind of skewed view that they have, and then it's all going to be all about, did my good things outweigh my bad things? Every other, basically, every other world religion, that's what it boils down to. Can I earn God's favor? Can I do stuff that kind of mitigates his wrath against me, that kind of thing? Can I just be good enough? And Jesus Christ put through all of that on its head. When in verse 4 it says that Christ, what Christ did fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law in us or for us. So what Christ did, he paid our debt for us. And so here's where we get then, because so he's been talking about, here's how we get connected with God, here's how we find salvation, it's in Christ, here's the remedy, who it's Jesus, and he's kind of summarized, therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and now we get to that sanctifying and that assuring part, look at verse 5, and now he begins to talk about it, you know, Jesus did the heavy lifting, Jesus has done all the work for you, and now that you are following him, here's how you should live your life. Here's how you need to orient your life in the direction you now need because you're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And now as you live in that new newness of, in Christ, here's how you should orient your life. And it's what he says in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. This is kind of the old way. You could substitute the word flesh, you could substitute the word the sinful nature. For those who live according to the sinful nature set their minds on the things of the sinful nature of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That word that's translated live, you could also translate walk. So when you're walking out now your faith in Christ, 
You don't walk out your, now your faith in Christ by walking according like you used to walk, according to the sinful nature, like according to the flesh, like according to the world, kind of self-absorbed and doing your own thing. Now your life has been changed. You're a new creation. You're walking a different way. And now we walk according to the Spirit. We set our mind on the things of the Spirit. So things have changed in Christ is what he's talking about. That old sinful agenda that we used to have in our lives is gone. And now we should walk according to the Spirit. And walking according to the Spirit is empowered by the Spirit, getting the help of the Spirit, that we're not alone, that we don't have to do it alone, but we can have the help that God wants to give us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's that term, the sanctifying, the helping to be holy kind of help that God wants to give us through the power of the Holy Spirit. As you know, if you've been here around for some time, you know that my boys are soccer players, and we have followed our boys all over the Midwest and beyond, in some cases, uh, watching soccer, and some of you are football families, and some are uh, maybe band, or some are uh, hockey, or whatever, you know, family basketball, or whatever, and, and you've kind of done some similar things, or, and so you get that, and so uh, I was with a friend, and we were going to a game, actually, one of the boys, and it was actually out of state, and this was a few years ago. Uh, and so we're traveling. I had in my head kind of the direction and kind of the way and how you go. And then you go this highway and then you go that highway and whatever. So I had kind of had in my head uh, how we're going to go. Uh, but this, uh, this guy I was riding with, he just, uh, he had his own way. He had his own path. He, you know, I don't need no stinking GPS. I don't need no smartphone. Kind of, you know, that one of those kind of uh, folks. And so, and so he just kind of had it said. And so we, we take off and, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking how we need to go. And then we kind of go rogue and we kind of going off road and, going down some lane down through some little small town and down this way and that way and we act, we actually got on this one road where where the the road was is almost like a dirt road as we're driving along there were there were corn stalks like on each side of the road. It's like some farmer's lane or something. I could have reached out and grabbed a, 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 a ear of corn off the stalk. We were, we were it's kind of, that was kind of the, the road. And it dead ended. We have to turn around and go the other way. The way didn't work. And, and so this, what I, what I want you to see is that when you do, when you live your life that way, uh, you know, I don't need a GPS, I don't need the smartphone. You're kind of you're doing your own thing. I don't need to listen to anybody else. I don't need help from, from Siri or whoever is there to, uh, you know, from some cyberspace. Or I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to go my own way. And that's how sometimes we live our lives. The GPS of our lives should be the Spirit. There's a Spirit that helps us, that orients us, that guides us, that directs us, that helps us as we set the GPS on Christ and on eternity, on heaven, then, then we, we orient our lives, we walk according to the Spirit, then we're walking that direction, we're going that direction, we take the advice of turn left here, go straight here, whatever, make a U-turn, or the first available, whatever it's, you know, they say to you. How are you living your life? Are you walking according to the Spirit? Or are you walking according to your own ideas about the direction that your life should go he goes on in verse 6 for to set the mind on the flesh to not when you when you, you say that you're a follower of christ but then to not orient to not turn your life and then to follow christ to not walk by the spirit to not get that help from the spirit he says for to set the mind on the flesh here's the outcome of that he says is death but to set the mind on the Spirit, to, to allow the GPS of, of God's Spirit to guide you, that brings, he says, life. That is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot, cannot please God. And what we see in that verse is a powerful contrast between the life that has has inputted in the GPS that I'm following Christ. Here's where I'm going. Here's my, where my life is headed. And then you're willing to, to take some course correction, some direction, not just from yourself, not just what you think's best, and not just the whims of, you're, you know, we're going to turn this way, and we're going to go that way, and we're going to go down this little lane. Oh, that's a dead end. I'll turn around and go somewhere else, and I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. And what he says is when you live like that, there's a, he kind of lays it out. There's death. Versus when you live by the Spirit and you're willing to be guided by the Spirit, it brings life and peace. So what Christ did for us, the Spirit that has been given to us, 
that brings us a life. It brings us life and peace. And it's not just, when you think about what kind of peace is it, it's peace with God. And this is important for you to hear. What he's talking about is not peace with sin. We're not at peace with sin. Sin should not rule us any longer. If you want some bonus reading, go read uh, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7. That's not, as we now have oriented our lives uh, following Christ, uh, we need to be live, living by the Spirit. The GPS of the Spirit has been, uh, we've, we've plugged Christ in or following Christ and we're being oriented that direction. It's not that, well, I'm, it, this is not, should not be the way that we live. Now, well, I'm saved. Okay, now I'm a follower of Jesus. Now I can continue to go live whatever way I want to because it doesn't matter. My sin problem has been taken care of. That's not what, that's not the implication of what Christ did for you. It's not the implication of what the Holy Spirit is talking and speaking to us here today about. Paul, in the last seven chapters, has been talking about what it looks like for us to, to live a life uh, with Christ. What it, li- what it looks to, 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 to be saved by him, to be, for Christ to be the remedy uh, for us. How about how to be made right with God? And now he's talking about something different. He's talking about now that, that our lives have been made different, now that we're a new creation, here's now how to, how to live that life. And, and you're not alone. You don't have to just do it on your own. You don't have to just work harder. That's not the, the message is not, okay, okay, you blew it and you sinned, and now Jesus is going to fix that. And now that you blew it, now you're on your own, and, and don't mess up this time. Don't mess up again. That's not the message of the gospel. Yeah, we could never save ourselves. And then as, as we've been saved by Christ, and then as we follow Christ, we have help. And that's the, the sanctifying, that, that's that word, to, that $5 theological word of, of to sanctify means to make holy. And so we have help in that as we live according, walking by the flesh, not by the flesh, by the Spirit. When we walk by the Spirit, we have the help of the Holy Spirit. And here's another important point for us to remember. Sanctifying is not the same as saving we have help in this sanctifying this help to to live right to live holy we we because we're a new creation we have the we need to look at it this way it's not it's not some duty we have the privilege of following christ we have the privilege of of living out this truth that we find in his word we don't have to walk any longer according to the sinful nature. We don't have to walk any longer according to the flesh. We're not in bondage any longer to sin. Read again, read chapter 6 of Romans. We've been free. We're not in bondage any longer. We have help. We don't have to just do our own thing, trying in our own strength, in our own power. The Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. In verse 9, he says, You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead, uh, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers... We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. He's saying you don't have to live like you used to. You're not in debt to the flesh. We don't live according to the flesh. We're not debtors to the flesh. We're not in bondage to sin any longer. And so there's help. There's a blessing. There's, it's just a, it, 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 and how does he say it happens? By the Spirit. How can we get this help? By the Spirit, he says. Look at verse 13. He says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. He kind of lays it out. It's real simple. It's real simple and that it matters how we live. That we should no longer live like we used to. And again, it's not that we have to just do it on our own. We have help. When we blow it, we have help. We're not going to be perfect, and, we, and we, in those moments that we blow it, that, that the, the Spirit is there to help us. The, there's, 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 there's help, there's repentance, there's, 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 there's a help for us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he says. But if by the Spirit, verse 13, you put to death 
the deeds of the body. You put to death the sin, you will live. Friends, we need to, to, just, to just sit under the gravity and the weight of verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, if you make a decision, you know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just going to continue to go down the path that I've been going down. It doesn't matter how I live my life. Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, but it doesn't matter how I live my life. Friends, grace doesn't make sin safe. That's what he's saying here. We need to be careful that we don't live our lives like, like our, our relationship with Christ, like that, 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 that moment that we accepted Christ into our lives, that that was just a, a point-in-time event. That Oh, yeah, yeah, I realized that I'm a sinner, and so, yeah, I did that you know, 10 years ago or whatever, and now I'm just kind of, now I'm doing my own thing, and, and I took care of that. Now I can just, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm just going to kind of live my life however I want to. I'm going to continue to walk according, just like he said, according to the sinful nature. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to walk according to the flesh, and I'm going to, I'm not, I don't need the GPS. I don't need the spirit. I don't need any help. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. If you're a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, it matters how you live. Our lives need to be in step. We need to walk by the Spirit. We need to have the help. You don't have to do it on your own. That's, that's not the message. You have help. You can get help. And if you blow it, you can have help getting, picking yourself back up. We, but we need some fruit in our lives. We, we need to, the, to plug in into our GPS, Christ. I want to follow Christ. I, wanna, I want the destination of heaven, of eternity. That's the destination. And so, again, I'm going to live according to the GPS. I'm not going to do my own thing anymore. And so if we're going to seek renewal, if we're going to seek revival, then we need to seek after the sanctifying, the empowering, the help that the Spirit can give us. We don't have to do it on our own. We can get some help walking like Christ. And you might ask, well, you know, what, what does that really matter? Does it really matter that I, that I live like Christ? Does it really matter that I live out my faith? I mean, I, I took care of that, that sin issue, and so does it really matter how I live? Well, there's a few reasons I think it does matter. I think it matters because it matters to Christ. If you look and what does Jesus say about how you should live and how you should interact in this world and how you should love and, and all those things, it mattered to Christ. I think it should matter to us. In verse th 13 the, uh, that we just read back up there, I think it, it, it clearly matters. Obedience matters. It's a matter of, of life and death. We should follow uh, the Spirit. It, it matters. Obedience, we should be obedient to Christ. Another reason that we should care about the way we live and living out our faith and following the walking by the Spirit is that when you look at our world, our world's watching us. And when our world sees in us that we, we don't, we're no different, that, that when, they, when they look at us and our lives are no different than theirs, in fact, sometimes worse, that, that we don't love like, like we should, that we don't represent Christ like we should, when, we, when we, there are things that are clearly in Scripture, but we think that we have a better idea than what, what God, when he said, hey, do this, don't do that, and we say, well, you know, whatever, I don't have to follow that particular thing. The world is watching us. And the world sees in us that, it, that, 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 that this book, that the truth, that Jesus Christ, when he's not made a difference or what they perceive as not making a difference in our lives, then they're going to say, well, it didn't make a difference to you. He's not going to make a difference to me either. I don't need that. Our witness matters. Our world needs to see that we've been changed by Christ. And then thirdly, it matters because living right, living according to God's word, it works. When you, when, you, when, you, when you do your marriage the way the scripture talks about, when you love your wife like Christ loved the church, I mean, that's a, that's a tall order. Not love your wife some other way, but when you love her like Christ loved the church, he gave his life for the church. When you love your wife that way, when you, when you, when you interact with your kids the way that scripture tells you, you, you don't uh, cause them to, 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 to wrath, you don't spur them on to wrath. When you, when, you, when you organize your finances according to what the God's truth, what it says, when you work on your job and you have integrity and all, the, all of these things work. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have little hiccups along the way. I, many of you know that I had the, just the privilege of, for the first time, going to Mecca, uh, Lambeau Field a few weeks ago and go to a Packer game. Uh, when I entered the uh, Lambeau Field into my, into my smartphone, it actually sang. It went, ooh, when I did that. I don't, did yours do that? When it was, maybe that was just in my head, but it, but it seemed like it was just like, oh, I was so excited to go there. And so we entered that into the GPS. We followed the GPS. Even though I was going there and I had this destination I was going, I still had to travel by Soldier Field to get there. 
I still had to, there's detours and there's traffic jams. You had to go through Chicago to get where I wanted to get to. And that's the, that's the same way when you put the GPS, when you put into your GPS that, that you're following Christ and your, your destination is an eternal home somewhere, it still means you have to go through places you don't necessarily want to go through. You still have to go through the, the traffic jams and the difficult times. But friends, following Christ matters and it works. So it should matter to us. There's one final thing real quick as I go back. The thing about the final ordinary work of the Holy Spirit, and we see in this passage, is the assuring work of the Spirit. Look at verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, what's it say? You are what? If you are led by the Spirit of God, who are you? You are sons of God. So if you're on the internet, you should should be answering that online today. You are sons of God. That's who you are. You are sons. You're you're, you're sons and daughters of God. You're not slaves. You're not servants. You're not just lemmings following God off the cliff somewhere. You are sons of God. And he goes on to say, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. The fear. He's talking about you're not a slave to sin any longer. You don't have to fall back into fear wondering, Am I being good enough? do I have enough good things that way? My bad things? That, that life is over. You've been set free in Christ. For you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. God wants us to look at him. That you're, you're my children. I'm your father. And then verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We did not receive the spirit of adoption, or we did not receive the spirit of slavery so we could, could live in fear. We received that spirit of adoption. We are sons and daughters, and it's a very different picture of, of God being our heavenly father and the, and the benefit of what that looks like. And then listen to this assuring work of the spirit in verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I love that. And there are some of us today that you, that's what you really need. You need the Spirit of God just assuring you that you're my child, that I love you, that I have adopted you, that I'm your father, I'm going to take care of you. If there's anything that would revive the church or bless the church or encourage the church, it would be if his followers got a renewed sense of their position as his children. A new, a new sense of their, uh, the assurance of, of where they stood as his child. Now, there's two problems with assurance. One problem is some people are assured they shouldn't be. Uh, and and we, uh, you interact like I do. I interact with people and I have conversations and try to have spiritual conversations with folks. And there's times that you kind of know where they are or where they're not. And you kind of know that they, they don't really have much time for God. They're kind of doing their own thing, kind of living their own life. And, and their lives are totally not oriented toward walking by the Spirit. They're totally walking by the flesh, by the sinful nature. And there's habits maybe in their life that, that you know are just these egregious habits that are going on that are not pleasing to God. And, and you know they have, don't have time for worship. They don't have time to do to, to, to be in church, they got better things to do. They got, they don't they, they their lives are totally oriented about serving themselves. It's all about them. They have no time. It's it's all about how can I just get more toys for myself. That kind of life. But then at the same time, when you begin to talk to them about spiritual things, they're like, "Oh yeah, God and me are fine. I'm in great shape. Don't worry about me. I'm good." They have an assurance that they shouldn't have. They're deceived. Verse 13, if you go back to it, if you live according to the flesh, not according to the GPS of the Spirit, not according, not following Christ, but if you live that way, totally directed by your sinful nature, what does verse 13 say? You will die. You really shouldn't be assured of your position if you're walking your life by the sinful nature. And the other problem with assurance is those people that don't have assurance that should, and there are some of you here today, that you don't have the assurance that you should have in Christ. There's a guy by the name of Howard McNow. I talked to, him, talked to you about him before. But Howard was this older gentleman in the church. He was an usher when we lived in Middletown. And he would, at different times would come in my office and say, David, Pastor, would you just help me? I, I just want to make sure that I'm okay. Would you, would you pray with me? Would you, would you kind of go through with me again how I can be saved? And it's like, Howard, brother, you, you, you're a, if anybody's a follower of Jesus, it was this guy. He had the most gentle, kind spirit. He was such a wonderful guy, always loving on people and living out his faith. And, but he just had this struggle, this internal struggle. And I don't know what was, had been broken in him at some 
some point where I, I don't know what was going on, but he needed assurance that he didn't have. And there are some of you that are like that today. You love Jesus. You've put your faith in Christ. You're, you're living your life. You're on the path. You've you plugged in the GPS. And you just today need the assurance, the empowering, the reviving that you're okay. That God loves you. That you're his son. You're his daughter. And don't let Satan whisper in your ear that what about that sin or what about that thing or what about that that issue in your past. What you can whisper back in that moment is therefore there is no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. That's what the word says. And so some of you need to be assured and you're not assured. And so be encouraged and be assured today. Your heavenly father wants you to be sure. So where are you? Our worship team is going to come up and as they're coming up, Maybe for some of you, some of you, you've been kind of ignoring the GPS and you've been kind of trying to orient and live your life kind of still your own way. You would say that you're a follower of Jesus, but at the same time, you know, sin's really not a problem for you. You really could care less because you're kind of just living your own life. Friend, today you need an intensification of the Holy Spirit and the convicting of the Holy Spirit that it does matter how you live. But you don't have to do it on your own. That's what some of you need to be reminded too, that you've been trying to do it on your own. You've been trying to, you've been trying to live holy and live right and, and follow Christ. You've been work, working really hard and you've been trying to do it yourself. And today the message, what the Holy Spirit needs to do in you is the realization of the sanctifying power, the intensification of that, that, that you can have help to, 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 to orient your life in such a way that you, you can move forward. And even those times, those moments that you mess up, that there can still be this assurance as you are just on this path of walking and growing and moving forward. That he's going to help you and he's going to pick you back up. And he loves you because some of you need to be reminded of the assurance of where you stand before God. And I'm just going to conclude. I just want to read a couple verses and then we're going to, we're going to sing together. And here, listen to the word of the Lord as, as God speaks to you through his word. Some of you are on one side, some of you are on the other. But what is God saying to you today? Let's pray for an intensification of his work. And this is the testimony, 1 John 5, 11 to 12 says, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Do you have, you have the Son today? Be assured. John 3, 36 says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains in him. And then finally, John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment as passed from death to life. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring the empowering, the blessing, the assuring, the sanctifying, the, the convicting, the compelling work of the Spirit. And you just flood this place. Come into this place. I pray that you would help us. We need you. We can't do it on our own. We are plugging you into our GPS. But God, we need help to get there. And God, I pray that you just pour your Spirit out. Whatever you want to say to us today, we're open. We open our lives up. Speak to us in the concluding moments of this service. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Why don't we stand together as we close with a couple songs. And through these songs, hopefully we can take some of this head knowledge, this understanding that God loves us and move it to our hearts. Help it to make it real in our lives. It's easy to say and to hear that God loves us, to really feel it in our bones is sometimes a little more difficult. So. I've been trying to run away since that time I first suffered your grace. It's like my heart can't believe my eyes These words in red inviting me to abide I turn him back I feel my heart leap in my chest And you flee wide the door an empty chair set at the table, a light on the porch. You stretch out your hand, 
And knowing all the ways I've screwed up, you welcome me in and offer me a place to start again at the table. What if I have had it all wrong? You're not waiting there to guilt or to scold. Feel the tears streaming down my face. Could this be true? Could this be real? You've given more than I can take. And you flee wide the door. An empty chair set at the table. A light on the porch. You stretch out your hand, and knowing all the ways I've screwed up, you welcome me in and offer me a place to start You love me not as I should be. You love me not as I should be, but just as I am, just as I am. You should be just as I am just as I am you love me you love me not as I should be but just as I chair set at the table a light on the porch and you stretch out your hands and knowing all the ways I've screwed up you welcome me in and you swing wide the door empty chair set at the table a light on the porch and you stretch out your hand knowing all the ways i've screwed up you welcome me in and offer me a place to start again at the table jealous for me. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how 
how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. Sing that again. He is jealous for me. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane, and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And oh, how he loves us so Oh, how he loves us how he loves us so let's sing together church yeah he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves we are his portion and we are his portion and he is our pride by the grace in his eyes if his grace is an ocean we're all seated so heaven means earth like an unforeseen kiss in my heart it turns violently inside of my chest don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way but oh, how he loves us so, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us so, yeah, he Just the privilege of being able to, Dan said, you know, sometimes we get a little cerebral. We kind of think these things and we hear these things, but, but to experience them. And that's what we, we want to give you the privilege of being able to experience the love. Because we are adopted. We are his sons and daughters. There is now what? No what? No condemnation. We're not condemned. Because if we're in Christ Jesus, no condemnation. So if we could just sing that, that verse one more, that chorus one more time. And, but this time, insert the word me. There's no, that he loves me. Let's sing that together. He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. 
Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for that truth. God, what a privilege to be able to think about your love and to be able to say that, to let those words kind of come out of our mouths, that truth to, to rest deep in our spirit. And I pray, God, that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would have an intensification in our lives of the assuring work that we need as we walk out of here, as we put our faith in Christ, that, yeah, we blow it at times, and yeah, we mess it up times, but yet we are your children, and you care about us, and you love us, and you haven't left us alone. And so, God, bring the sanctifying power, bring the assuring power in our lives today. We need that desperately. Encourage us, assure us, and we pray it in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior in whom we have no condemnation, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Lord, bless you as you go. If you're new, make sure you connect with our our, uh, uh, section leaders at the back of the room. God bless you. Glad that you're here today.